You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. If you haven't checked out a review by now, definitely go check one out. Uh, we have a new one up there. Uh, the latest one, I think, is on the on Kendrick's concert. Um, we're going to have a new one coming out shortly on uh, Gil Scott Heron's album by our new uh, writer, Delmar. So definitely check that uh, that piece out, which will be dropping soon. But let's get right into today's topic. And this is going to be another West to East Coast segment with me and, of course, Trav. Uh, so what's up, Trav? What's up, y'all? What's good, peoples? And Glad to be back. Glad to have you back, bro. Today is going to be, we're going to cover uh, two albums. The East Coast album is going to be Sean Price's latest work. And then the West Coast album is going to be for Sean's latest work as well. But let's start with uh, Sean, Pri- Sean Price's Imperious Rex, which was released on August 8th, I believe, which is the same day yes. as, as his death, the anniversary of his death. So uh, before we get into this album, Trav, let me, let's bring the listeners in on your experience, your past experience with uh, Sean Price. Well, I've been listening to Sean Price ever since he was done with Healthy Skeleton, of course, you know, that's the introduction to the world, you know, hip-hop world, you know, very classic duo from the East Coast, boot camp click. They had they had, uh, they had groups inside a group, and Healthy Skeleton was one of them, and he went as Ruckus back then, and his partner was Rockness, and they formed Healthy Skeleton. Nocturnal was my first album that I heard Sean Price on. That's the first Healthy Skeleton album. Very raw. I still listen to it to his day. It's always in my rotation during the week. And, uh, you know, when he, uh, I guess, within the mid-2000s, he uh, started going solo. So, you know, he came out with this, he used his uh, government name, which was Sean Price for a solo career. And um, I got Monkey Bars. Jesus, I think it was called uh, Sean Price. He's a superstar. <laughs> That's another mixtape he had. He had a whole bunch of mixtapes, but... um. Monkey Bars was my favorite when I really, really, really got into back into him on a solo career. And this dude has been raw, straight East Coast lyrics on top of lyrics, straight raw. Well, we was missing that for a while. It was kind of getting kind of, you know, it was getting kind of whack with the, with the with the lyrics over here. I was kind of like jumping on waves, Atlanta wave, and stuff, and just trying to make music out of their region, which is cool. I mean, which is all right. Artists are artists, but you know, people from New York were starting to like just jump on a wave. Sound like people from different regions, you know, and was kind of losing the New York sound. And Sean Price on the underground scene was kind of keeping that Brooklyn raw, New York City rap. He was he was kind of keeping it like that with his solo career. And that's when I really got back into him was with Monkey Boss. You know, okay. I've been listening to him since then. And um, you know, oh, I have all I have all this. There's so many projects, man. I be I'm just coming up with my mind there's more there's more stuff that I have of his but you know Monkey Balls is probably like the one where I really really got back into him gotcha you know, he was really going hard that's, came out with uh, that's know, definitely one of my favorite of his albums prior yeah, to prior to this um, Mike Tyson was my first album my first introduction wow. to Sean yeah. Price and from that that's when I was like oh yo because that to me, the Mike Tyson yeah, album, right? Yeah, that that's a really good album. If you haven't listened to it, everybody out there, definitely check that album out. Um, that really set the tone for me of really enjoying his music. Then I went to Monkey Bars, and then I went to uh, Songs in the Key of Price. Um, that was another uh, yeah, Songs in the Key of Price. That that's another album that I. Those are the three that I really that I own that I had prior to this album. 
I've heard a lot of his mixtapes and everything like that, but I don't physically own them or have them on my on my phone. But those three albums I have, and I do go back to them at, at, at random different times and various uh, occasions. So uh, I want to bring it now back into this album, Imperious Rex. What what was your uh, first thoughts when you heard that this album was dropping, and then what were your first thoughts when you first heard that your initial when you first initially heard the album? I knew that Bernadette, which is his wife, mm-hmm. was going to make sure that we got a Sean Price album that was going to sound just as raw or even better than Mike Tyson. I knew it. She was determined. I knew all the producers that was going to probably be involved with it. It was some surprises that I. You know, I, I knew that Bernadette was going to make sure that she had this album done and it was going to come out to be a raw album. Uh, when the pre-order link went up, they gave us they gave us Definition of God um, for the, on the pre-order. And I think uh, Imperious Rex, the, the title track, we got a little, bit, a little bit after that we pre-ordered it. But I knew it was going to be a raw album. And I knew it was going to sound great. And I knew it was going to sound like Sean Price went in the studio and just did it right before like a month before it dropped and that's exactly what i got it's a ll project man to me i know already that this is going to be on my list of one of my favorite albums of 2017 okay. i already know that that's that's concrete it's two albums that's concrete that's one of it's three or three albums that's concrete it was one of the three that are concrete for for this year's uh i, I don't care what comes out now <laughs> i knew that that made it my list <laughs> like i don't care if what comes out even if Nas dropped it's still gonna make it Make uh my list. Gotcha. What do you think about production wise? What was the what was your favorite production? production? Was so crazy. My favorite production on mm-hmm. here was um it was called Niggas. Oh, uh, MF Doom did that. Yeah, the uh, oh, the Niggas, uh, the God. Ethiopian. Um, yeah, the Ethiopian word. Yeah. For, uh, Kendrick alluded to it on uh, to Butterfly, saying that uh Niggas is the the right. Ethiopian word for king. Right. So, so I I, th- I thought that was an interesting take on that on that um idea as well and that principle as well, and to get um yeah. some some lyrics from uh MF Doom because it's been a minute and I heard that he's coming out with the album but I don't want any track from this album. He but is. Any other tracks that he really is coming out? Oh okay. Oh, we definitely we definitely gonna have to do a a, a podcast on that one. No, yeah, that's gonna be ill. The other track, the other man, I, of course. The three lyrical peas, you know I'm gonna love that one. Yeah. Listen, I mean that was a good, that was a good trip. Spell, I mean, there's a whole bunch of joints on here, man. I mean, I can't like like this this is like a full album listen through with no whack joints on here, man. Um That Dead Are Alive joint with Bum B. That that Dead Are Alive track huh? was pretty that Dead Are Alive track was pretty tight too. What about the lyrics to you? Is there any uh, particular lines or particular tracks or, or uh, ideas, philosophies in the uh, tracks that stood out to you that, you know, really pulled you in? Um, I think I, th- I think Imperious Rex the whole the whole um the whole introduction track that was that was just that was, that was sick. What about the feature? That monkey shit, we, we gorillas, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gorillas, we ape don't kill ape, man. That was, I mean, you know, we had like a little funny intro with that when he was when he was starting to talk about his girl and about to have sex, you know, and, and he stopped him. Like, what the fuck, man? Spit that monkey shit, you know? Ape, ape don't kill ape. Yeah, I thought that was he gorillas, nigga. He just started going. He just started going in. I mean, that was real funny to me. Well, I was just going to say that you know every track, man, is just just saying so much ill shit, man. Everything, everything stood out for me. I just you know it's just the the, fun, the 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 thing that I liked about Sean Price. He spit this raw ill shit, but then he can flip it and be a, he's so comedic, like a comedian too, on a lot of tracks. 
like he throws that humor in there as well. After he done took after he done told somebody he'll punch he'll punch up his fist through your whole skull, after that he'll say some funny shit. You know what I mean? Like that was that was a funny thing about Sean Price. He always added like, you know, some comedy to it, some humor to it, even though he was saying some some of the rawest, craziest shit. Yeah, he'd throw some of that in there. And that's what so he did that throughout the whole album. And that's what I have to say. I agree with you on that. And for me, that's the thing that stood out lyrically is he does have that aggression, that uh, that grittiness that you expect um, from an East Coast rapper to yeah. that feel that, and, and you definitely feel that he's putting on for his his side of the country, his side of the world, and the views that that he sees in the street. But at the same time, like we're all human, we're all diverse, we're all complex creatures. Like you can't be angry all the damn time. Like you can't be ready to right. fight all the time. Like there are times when you're gonna be sad, you're gonna be loving, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna be joking, you're gonna you know what I'm saying? And I felt like he really captured that. You definitely get the emotional tone, uh, and the aggression that you expect and you want from Sean Price, but you also get that uh, uh, to me a different side with uh, uh Bernadette, his wife on there, you just feel the emotional connection. And and it provided for me at least is a little bit of um of sadness just because you know that he's not here and that she's dealing with that but yet they still gave us such a great piece of work you know what I'm saying um to kind of mem- commemorate his his honor and 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 the man that he was in hip hop you know what I'm saying so I thought that was great as well as just the collection of people that came for this project and everybody you just feel the energy that everybody's like nah we gotta we gotta give our we gotta give our best we gotta give really represent. You know, you know what's so crazy, though? Mm-hmm. You know what's so crazy? We have to give a lot of credit to Bernadette Price, man. Because yeah. um, before he died, he only had four tracks that was done. Mm. Only four tracks was done. Yeah, I didn't even know that she part. Orchestrated and put together, she, she orchestrated and put together the rest of the album. He only had four tracks done. Damn. So she put the rest of the album together. So all the producers, she wouldn't, you know, she got that P verse when P was alive. She saw P about three weeks before he passed, maybe a, maybe a month before he passed away. For Prodigy and got that verse. Oh wow! You know, Heavy Fraud. Heavy Fraud had that verse in the stash. Mm. Heavy Fraud did that track. Wow! And she, you know, she spoke P and she saw Prodigy and Prodigy uh, was was happy that he was going to be part of the project. And, and you know, she got that together. She went and uh, dug up that Wu Tang track, that Clicks and Clans joint. Oh yeah, that that you know, I forgot about to mention yeah, that. that. That's was, one of my favorites. Stand out. Yeah. Know? Yes, man. That was ill. You could tell it was. I, I, I kind of I kind of figured it wasn't a brand new recorded track, mm-hmm. like you know I can tell it wasn't just showing Price's verses and then they added they kind of like added the rest of them. It's something they had worked on a while ago and added the stash. Yeah, and that they and that the, song was done for a minute. Yeah, they and they blended it together right. Yeah, they blended it together right. It was right. Yeah, they did. I, I agree you with you. His daughter going on there. Yeah. I agree with you 100% that you you have to give uh her credit that she did a wonderful job. He's proud of he's proud of the work that she that she put out on on his behalf. Um uh, I would definitely say that. So uh she definitely, you know, I I you know cuz she's cool, man. She talks to people back on Instagram and stuff and I was just kind of talking to her and she was like happy that, you know, fans like myself was appreciated of the album cuz she really did her thing on that. Visuals, everything, even the cartoon, even the cartoon video for Imperious Rex, the title track was dope. Um, production was so ill, man. We even got Fourth Disciple, another Wu Tang produ- um, producer that did a track on there. Alchemist, it's a long list of uh, producers that did that. That was on there. They did their thing on that. Yeah, it was. It was a very well done project. It was a complete project. The one question I want to ask is, what do you think about the replayability of this album? 
what do I think about what? The replayability. Do you think it's an album that you can go back to often? And, and is it something that you think you will go back to often? Hell yeah, man. That's going to be in my rotation. Yeah. Especially especially songs like Niggas and, and uh, the Definition of God, um, the Clans and Clicks out of song. Um, the Three Lyrical Peas was <laughs> ill. I just think that, or, I, don't, I don't, you know, you know how rappers are. They, I think strong with bars. I think I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna be honest. I think Styles P probably got that that verse as far as as far as like um you know who had the better verse because I know that's gonna that's gonna come up. I mean even though you know that that's just something that's gonna come up. You got three P's on there. Somebody's gonna always gonna see who had the better verse. And I think Styles probably got the better verse on that track. I would have Once to agree. Again, I would, that's a great track. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I I think um I definitely think that uh, Styles had the best verse on that track. But that did make me come up with a question. If you were to add a fourth P to that album, who would that fourth lyrical P be? Or if you had to replace <clears throat> one of those P's, well, if you, would if you, you? Be real, if you want to be real technical, if you want to be real, real technical about P's, that, 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 like whoever, like someone who's supposed to go by a P, mm-hmm. it would be um, PMD from EPMD. He should have He might have would have been on that track. I know, I know people probably like, oh, wow, you know, he ain't been around for a while, but nah, he spit too. Because yeah. him and Prodigy did did the drink when they was doing the peas, and um they they traded bars on 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 the track with Prodigy and, and PMD from EPMD, and he went, they was both going hard. Um, that probably would have put the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? That would have been like for every generation, like boom. You know what I mean? Because first you had EPMD, then you would have had you know would have came with with um Prodigy, then it would have been Sean Price, and it would have been Styles P. That would have covered like all the peas, as far as like you know what I mean? Yeah. Or some hip hop MC shit. So yeah. PMD for MPMD. That would have been that would have been dope. That's yeah. I I didn't even that think about. Been, I didn't, yeah, I didn't dope. even think about that. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, uh, because he he used to go he used to go as, as the P too. You know, yeah. he used to call him P. You know. Yeah, that's true. Then large professor and large professor large professor would have did the track the extra. You know, what I mean, if he would have did the production. P's <laughs> all around. P all around the yeah, board. P all around the board. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. Extra P. Uh, that would be, <laughs> that would have been that would have been real interesting. Yeah, that would have been re- that. Yeah, hmm. But I don't think I don't think in the process of me creating that album, I I probably wouldn't have thought of all that together. Yeah, I don't think so. I would have probably would have took me a while to even come up with that idea, and I was the one putting the album together. Because <laughs> something that would, that's like a fantasy thing, man. That's like that, that would have been ill. That would have been so ill. Lost Professor on the track, Prodigy, Sean Price. You know what I'm saying? Styles P. And PMD from EPMD. That shit would have been crazy. I don't know. It wouldn't. Have, it would have been called something else. A whole track of different shit would have just been ill. Yeah, the feel. Would, you're right. The feel definitely would have been different. I have two more questions in regards to this album. The next question that I would have is for this album, because I know with certain albums, like um, on the new music segment that I did with Jason, I said like the Meek Mills album. For me, the atmosphere that I would see myself playing it in is only like gym related that type of type of situation if i'm going to the gym or you know i'm doing mm-hmm. workout type of thing get you hyped for the gym that's what i mean so is there a particular feel that you feel like this album can only um go to or is it uh it transcends an atmosphere like you can play it at any time and anywhere what is your feel about this album in that regard um well like the production's so ill it's so right you can probably yeah you can probably this could probably be a gym journey as well yeah. i mean I mean, I just can't get off that production off that nigga song, man. That shit is just hard body. That's like gym. <laughs> that's like running a hundred miles. That's like yo, that that beat so ill. 
that track alone could be like a gym gym track. But the whole album has a collective, man. Yeah, I think it'd be for working out. Getting yourself if you're another rapper, you want to get yourself. You know, you want to scroll in your mind with some lyrical combat with with um Sean Price and his lyrics and just getting you hyped up, get your shit tight. That could be a method of training for that as well, man. Gotcha. Word up, whole album, because the whole album is straight raw. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like the beats, like the beats are raw. It might be two beats, two two more beats. That's a little slower, like Church Bells and um Junior Reed. That's a little slower than all the rest of the joints. You know what I mean? I think you know, and then but then you got the closing. You got one of the closing tracks, Sean Price family, with him and his wife going um going in on, on the track, and then they put like remember that old in the family show? Yeah, remember that show back in the day? They put like a little skit in that shit. That was some funny shit, you know, some humor. Yeah, as well as uh, but most of the track is just straight raw, you know, aggressive rawness. With some of the some of the beats are smooth, some of the beats are hard, but the lyrics are straight aggressive. So you need that for the gym and working out and shit like that. Like I said, lyrical sparring with yourself to get your shit tight and you writing rhymes as well. That would be for me. That's what that's what I would use it for. I got you. you. Know what I mean, I'll say for me, I'll say yes. I definitely agree with you that you can rock out to it in the gym because it has that motivational tone, that aggressiveness to push you further than necessarily you want to push yourself, but to get better results. Um, so I can definitely see that kind of feel. But I also feel because of the content is so. Some of it is so, it's, it's going to sound negative, but some of the content is so heavy that I, I also feel like right. this, that you can also, it's one of the albums where you can also sit down, like literally just sit down and, and just let it ride. If you're doing other things, you can have it playing in the background and then, and, and still taking in that, the deeper lines that he's, that he's giving. So I think it, I think it has a balance of, of emotional ranges. I don't think it's all one tone. Um, I yeah. do think it yeah, is, you're, you're it like, is heavy, uh, aggressive in his flow. But the content is so, like I said, so in-depth, so um, intricate in, in, in the themes that he's bringing up. Because, like you said, Negus is way different than the three lyrical P's versus Dead or Alive. The content is way different on those three tracks, but it's all on the same album. And the album still feels cohesive. Um, so that's what I took away from it. I just want to quote one rhyme from, uh, from one of the tracks, man. And that's from the joint I was talking about. The Negus joint. And he said, this guy was talking crazy, bro. Believe in me, Paul, the same way you believe in your God, because our Lord Jesus is a master for all, a master for all, spelling ratchet, spelling your car. Then you give a homicide, what the fuck's the matter with y'all? Like, yo, yeah, yeah. he just kills me, yo. Yo, he just like, yo, yo, believe in me, Paul, the same way you believe in your God, but you believe in our Lord Jesus is a master for all. Like, that was ill right there. Yeah, because that line, there is still the aggressiveness of, you know, his bars, but he's, st- he's saying something. <laughs> like, Paul's crazy. Yeah, he's still saying something. Word. I just think that this this album has a lot of potential um, in exposing people to different things that they didn't know before, as well as just giving you some straight, raw hip-hop. Like, just some raw hip-hop, some bars, some good production. Yeah. Boy, if you want some bars, man, and you and you a fan of, like, real hip-hop shit, you know, most of the shit that I listen to, man, you're a 90s cat, you a cat from the early 2000s, you grew up with people from my era around you, whether you're younger or older. That's just one of the. It's one of them joints you gotta have, man. Yeah. Do some hip hop shit, like definitely. You gotta have that to the. You gotta have that in the stash. Have a part of your arsenal, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, albums like nowadays. Nowadays, you know, people really don't have to buy albums to stream and shit. But an album like this would be purchased, man. You know what I mean? Whether you get the physical, you go ahead and get get your iTunes shit. Um, that way, every every device you have, you can download it to your device. 
you're gonna have this joint. You know, I bought this joint. I pre-ordered this joint, man. I mean, I got, I got, I got title and all that shit. This one, I, you know, certain drinks, I just gotta go out and cop. You know what I mean? This is one of them joints, man. That one ain't Mike Tyson. His last, his last three joints. So it was price too. This dude's no longer here. The shit is whack. You know what I mean? We lost him and Prodigy. Him first. That shit was a very, that was a left field shocker as well. You know, people, I'm going to take heed, man. I mean, he another one that was here for a while, man, doing his thing, going in, and people ain't really giving him his respect until he passed away. You know what I'm saying? This cat's been here since Health the Skelter days and the whole boot camp era. And when hip-hop in New York City was sounding kind of kind of like, you know, going the other way and, and, you know, jumping on jumping on waves and not being original, he was out here representing, man. Everybody got to salute this dude just for having them bars and keeping it straight raw. You know what I mean? Rest in peace to him. God bless his family, his, his daughter, little Sean Price, and his wife Bernadette. They out here repping hard. The whole boot camp played too high. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully him and Pete transcended to the same place. Him and Project kicking up. Listening to the albums right now. Kicking it, man. Word up. First and foremost, Bernadette Price, you did a great job. I believe Word. that Sean Price would be proud and is proud of the work and the project that you See. put out in, in his honor for his daughter as well. My heart and condolences goes out to you. And again, you and your mom put out a great project. You should be nothing but proud um, at the end of the day. Uh, it's a great project. I definitely think, like you said, people should cop it. People should get it. People should listen to it. The The cover itself is great. The Like you said, there's comedy. There's introspection. There's knowledge being dropped. As well as, like we just said, just straight bars. Production, all of that. The album itself isn't... Crazy um, it's not a long album. It's not a short album. It's to me, it's just right. It's sixteen songs, fifty one, right. fifty one minutes. So mm-hmm. right under an hour. Again, this is got, an album got, you should cop. Yeah, right. definitely your features, and and the way that they how they have it laid out uh, is well done as well. I think it was perfectly done to end it with Price Family. I think that was perfect, and the beginning as well. I think it just laid out very nicely. I don't think it could have been laid out better. You bring the Wu through. Got them in. You got a locksmith man in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course, you got his boot camp family in there. Buckshot. Freeways you know I mean? on there. Yes. Freeways on yeah, that track for freeways. Another Josh. Yeah. Saying, this Prisoner. Whole choice, I forgot. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's there's so many there's so many. His wife, his daughter, like. Yeah. It's a really good album, but we're gonna transition into our West Coast album, and the West Coast album that we're gonna go through and dive into is yeah that for Sean Mana. Let me just uh briefly say that this album for Sean's Mana album was released in, on August 11th of this year, and it's about nine songs long, so it is a shorter album if you want to say i'm not sure if he's classifying it as an album or an ep to start off with for sean i from being from the bay i knew about him for a long time i wasn't always the biggest for sean fan not that i had nothing against him it's just nothing early stood out to me and to preface that comment as well as my hip-hop beginning started with east coast nas onyx wu-tang so i tend to gravitate towards those sounds more that's just my sonic preference of things that I like. I tend to gravitate toward East Coast production more, as well as just the the kinds of content that they spit. That doesn't mean, again, I of course fuck with my West Coast rappers and everything. But I think Fashan did his thing. I think Fashan did his thing on this album. I think this is a really good album. He absolutely did. And I also think The Ecology, his yeah. album prior to this, was was very good as well. So if you haven't checked that project out, go check that out. But let's get that into was Eco- That was Eco- What was that called? Uh, um, Ecology, I think it was. Ecology. But I had a Nas track on it, too. Yeah. Nas did a track with him on it. Got all that inspirational music, man. Yeah, so... Lyrics, too. All that shit is inspirational, man. 
and that's and that's why I paired these two albums together, the Sean Price and the Fashan, for this uh, particular segment or this episode, is because I felt like both of them are lyrical, definitely lyrical. What is your experience with Fashan? Well, I saw him on the um. I remember him being in the same freshman class as like Big Sean, mm-hmm. who was a um, Freddie Gibbs. They all came. They, they all came in the game together. Yeah. At first, I was getting him and Big Sean confused. <laughs> the Sean shit, you know. They yeah. came. They came through together in the freshman. But then, um, I started hearing like little freestyles and like mixtapes and shit like two years ago. I'm like, oh shit, that's the cat. Because I was one. I saw everybody else kind of like get get a home. This whole freshman class, I saw Freddie Gibbs end up being with Jeezy. You know, that didn't work out, but he was with him. Big Sean was with Kanye. And I was wondering, I'm like, yo, what happened to Sean Cat? He was on there, too. I remember he had this crazy, uh, he had like a crazy um, part, like a was and a half moon. It was some long shit that he had. <laughs> a haircut was ill on the cover. I'm like, yo, this nigga got the, the extended, the extended <laughs> on half moon. So I'm like, yo, Yeah, I know exactly what, I, I know what's cover you're talking about. I know exactly yeah, what cover. Crazy. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what happened to this dude? I, you know, I didn't hear nothing from him. Everybody else was pretty much finding a home. And then he kind of like popped back up like two years ago. I got back in tune with him because I heard that Nas had signed. Him and Dave East got signed to Nas as late Masterpill around the same time. I think it was a couple of months, or maybe a month or two apart. But they both, Nas both brought him on. I said, uh-oh. So I know this guy, if Nas brought him on the team, I know, I know he probably got some shit. So I started doing my research. I found the um the last two projects before this one. You know, this cat's ill. You know, his story is ill. His background is ill. The way he grew up is ill. Mm-hmm. His mom being a drug addict. His, his you know, his neighborhood. I even looked at a few, you know, some of the documentary of this dude. You know, I do my research on yeah, cats, from, man. Yeah, so, Fresno cat, man. Yeah, straight from Fresno. So he, you know, he he out here doing his thing, man. And, this, and I, I know it's very inspirational from his neighborhood and his family to see him do his thing like that because he could easily be in the streets and doing shit a different way but exactly. he took his hustle and bring it to the back and he has something to bring to to the table he has um he has subject matter yeah you know what I mean? he has life experience yeah he's, he has content yeah, he's a you know, he's he a deep brother he's not he have, you know. he's just not taking he's just not taking things at face value he, he is searching deeper asking those deeper questions and that's what right. i gravitate towards to in my music i want i want my artists my Musician, they don't have to ask the questions that I'm necessarily asking, but I just want them to ask deeper questions, ask more, like, you know, just right. just dive into it. You're always going to have the cats that make party in the strip club commercial shit that's going on the radio, but when you got when you got cats that can still make full bodies of, of, of music and, and come up with projects, inspirational, and, and, and they, they, they're getting deep, they can also get fun, they can also get raw, that's an all-around artist right there, you know what I mean? And I saw, I thought, nah, I saw this dude, you know what I mean? He saw that. He saw he came from the real, and he, had, he was an artist. Just not a rap, he was an artist. Because he's lyrical, he has subject matter, he has real life experience, he's talking about his experiences. You don't have to be some kind of killer and going outside of that 100 years in jail, came home, and big OG shit all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just your life experience, you being your per- being you as you, as yourself. And a that, real and person trying to be part of a gimmick. Yeah, a real, a real person, person yeah. right? And that's what, and that's what, and that's what hip hop needs. So I got, I got respect and I salute on the brother for Sean. You know what I mean? Word up, and I, and I see what you're doing for his community. And he, he's uplifting his, his neighborhood and all that. And um, he's holding it down for his family. And that's actually a perfect segue into talking about this particular album, Mana. Let's start with just the title itself. Mana is 
basically what manna means is just the nourishment from God. It's a, it's a biblical term. You can look in the mm. Bible and it's in there. But it's the, the, the meaning of it is basically the nourishment that God gives you, that God provides. And that nourishment is how it's referenced is the Bible is that nourishment. The Bible gives you the nourishment that God has said for you to, to be healthy. Like if it's just like food, you need the proper nourishment to be a healthy growing person. This is basically that same nourishment, but the nourishment of God to make you the best person you can be. Or that's the way I took it anyways, my interpretation of it. And I got that from, you know, the title track Mana, which I think was a perfect segue, just like we talked about with Sean Price, Imperious Rex, as that being an intro track. Mana, right. with parentheses Moses, is a perfect introduction to this album. Imperious Rex set the tone and lets you get an idea that, like you said, in that in that first uh, Imperious Rex, there was comedic tones into it, bars in there. The production was great. And Mana, for, for Sean, it's the same principle if it gives you everything that you're going to see in the album in little snippets, but in a complete totality. He talks about religion in there. I'll talk about nourishing the mind, basically, um, giving you the proper nourishment that you need. And him being like Moses, I'm going to be the one that gives it to you. Like Moses gave everybody the Ten Commandments. He's given us the, the things right. that we need to get that proper nourishment. And that kind of sets the tone. And now just focusing on the production aspect of it, of just the album in general, for me, this was one of the tracks, Mana was the was one of the tracks that production wise really set the tone. It had a very cinematic feel to it and it felt like you were embarking on it embarking on a journey. You know what I'm saying? Like but he was very aggressive in his tone, but it's still uh That's my favorite track. Yeah. That's yeah, that's your favorite track. That's one of my favorite tracks. Um I would say for me when it comes to favorite tracks, I would have to go Mana afraid and actually mother america is my favorite like mother america is, is oh yeah is, well, is, is my is my yeah, absolute yeah, favorite. yeah that was deep yeah that was a deep joint you right right my bad I, yeah i almost forgot about that joint man that yeah. was real deep that one yeah the the the, the, the first track and the last track are definitely my favorites the last track is my absolute favorite i would say celebration is probably like my number two favorite and then uh, Mana is my third. The whole production on the entire album, again, it's only nine songs. It's not that long, but it's it's long enough, and it's a complete project. You don't feel like you're getting cheated when you get to the end. Um, You feel like he wrapped it up. And it's, not like I said, nine songs, 31 minutes. Going back to the production real quick, the reason why I really enjoyed Mother America production-wise, it just, there is like an introspection slash consciousness within the production. Um, Just the feel of the production. You already know, oh, we about to get in some stuff here. Like, we about to, he's about to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that did set the tone off. Absolutely right. Yeah. It just started. Yeah, so. We knew it was going to be some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh. And for me, I'll say this too. This, to me, is a deeper album. I'll get into about the atmosphere a little bit later. That kind of alludes to where I'm feeling about that. Any other productions that really, really, like, stuck out to you that, that just the feel of the production for you? The title track. Okay. That was crazy. That production, I like that a lot, man. I don't know what's up about that sound. Yeah, it, like like I said to me, it felt like you you in a movie theater and like shit's about to go down. Word. <laughs> it's about to go. Word. <laughs> that was that was the feeling, man. Um, That's when I definitely stuck out. That's why I said it was my favorite track. Yeah. So like I I think he he thought about the project and and the layout of it again, and I think that's very important for um, artists. I think some some artists aren't taking the time to really think about the layout. But the ones that are really standing out are the ones that are paying attention to it. Like we said about uh, Sean Price, going back to that. To me, the flow of it was perfect. Right. And the same thing on here. The flow was just yeah. right. That dude is nice, man. He's ill with it, man. Yeah. Like a different flow. He don't sound like nobody else. Yep, that's right. You know what I mean? He has his own distinct... Like, he got his own shit, man. You know what I mean? He's repping the, he's repping the city. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. He's holding it down. Yeah. I said about the Bay Area that they always, uh, they always got their own sound, like E40, like, you know, these cats, man. Yeah. They, they come up with their own, yeah, own style. I want to touch on that real quick, and then I'll get back to what I was going to say about the production. DJ Academics brought that up um, on uh, Friday's Everyday Struggle um, with Action Bronson. And they were talking about how New York has kind of lost their sound or their identity in hip hop, where Atlanta has theirs. And DJ Academics said this, that he feels like the only area that really has held on to their sound and hasn't lost it is the West Coast is, you know, they have that bounce. That's their sound. They still identify with it. Everywhere else, they kind of kind of in transition that doesn't mean that new york can't get it back and again this is only one man's perspective we, we, we slow we slowly coming back slowly coming back because people are starting to see that i mean dave he's pretty much hard to me yeah i mean he's another one that that's that's part of um sean's camp I mean, he's not part of his camp part of the same label yeah um he's the only one out there that i mean he, he, he's a, he's another one out there that's he's getting radio airplay and yeah i mean y'all, you can tell he's not from Atlanta. like you know he's a harlem cat spit that Harlem shit, but he also, you know, he spits other shit. He comes from, he's not that flashy all day guy, you know, but, but, um, you know, he's a Harlem dude in Harlem fashion and he sounds like a Harlem cat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I think you guys have some. I just think, because uh, if you think about um, the, the album uh, Nick at Night, that sounds very New York. Joey Badass, yeah, Pro New Era. That's a New York yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's that's all New York. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's slowly They're there. Back. Exa- like, like uh, I give credit. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree yeah. with you that it's coming back, but it's not. Remember in the 90s, like, it was New York had their sound. There was no denying it. There's no question about it. It was, there was New York, there was Cali, and then, you know, there was a, still Atlanta sound. They had their sound, which was different. And but, that's the problem that I have with New York and the East Coast, man. Like, I mean, I know we want to really want to sell records out here. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean you have to jump on the bandwagon because you see another region is winning with the sound. I don't think you should just jump on that wave because you see them winning or selling records because they have a certain sound. Yeah, that, mean, does, you, that doesn't mean that you can't win with your like sound. That, yeah. You win with your own sound. Being, being, being the fact now that the sound is kind of being, I mean, it's coming back. It was missing for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should just bring the sound back. Instead of like, you know what I mean? And then people that's been missing that sound will gravitate towards that because, you know, that's what we accustomed to and now we see it coming back you can win just by being yourself and keeping the sound I mean that's how I see it man I mean I've I yeah. seen this whole shit unfold man I agree um, yeah I agree a kid coming up yeah I'm right there with you crazy I'm right there with you I think I think it has the ability to come back and I think it will come back I think it just it's with music with fashion with everything it, there's cycles it's, it's their cycles Word. so i think i think it, it, it will have a resurgence and um i don't think it's going to be as long as people at this time are anticipating but i want to get back to this uh for sean album and what i was saying prior is about the production um some of the things that did stick out to me production wise was the number three track afraid to me it had like a talib quali like beautiful struggle kind of undertone to yeah, it, it did. just that vibe and then uh the production on number four Proud, definitely to me. I definitely hear the James Brown influence of uh, "Say It Loud" on "Black and I'm Proud." Not even just in the words that he says, but actually in the production of the track. I'm not quite sure how they got that sound. I don't know if they just strictly sampled it, but there's a different. There's a because I have that album, the James Brown album, and I played it, you know, just to compare it. And there's there's enough of enough of a difference that makes me feel like they didn't sample it. They just got um similar sounds to produce that feel. But I don't know. I'm not for sure. So don't. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all y'all don't kill me for that one. And, and I mean, just like his last joint, you know what I'm saying? It's the same, like, he makes the production for a Sean project. It's going to sound great, man, because 
he was just kind of not the same, but the kind of same. Like it, the flow is an even flow mm-hmm. the whole album. Yeah. So I mean, that's the way he does his projects, man. So you know, I mean, he makes it go out and get the producers to, to hook him up with his with his flow. Yeah, I definitely as far as sounding. For, yeah, you can definitely hear that. And um, one of the tracks that really stuck out to me production-wise was Celebration. And the reason why it stuck out to me mm. is because the in the very beginning, the lovely piano and guitar uh, referencing of uh, Stevie Wonder's Do I Do. And that track, or that okay. that Stevie Wonder Do I Do has been sampled a, a million times. You know, one that instantly comes to mind is when Ja Rule did it. I definitely like this celebration better than I like the Ja Rule version of it. Um, I just felt the difference that I liked in this approach of taking that sample of Do I Do is that they slowed it down one and they made it feel uh, more uh, a more jazz, acoustic, warm feeling than you normally get when you sample Do I Do. They usually make the tempo a little bit faster, more upbeat um, to, to play off of how upbeat it already is, the feel that it already has, where in this album, I felt like they toned it down for that celebration on this song, which I really enjoyed and set the t- and set up the lyrical component of that song, which was about kind of like that balance of celebrating the things that, that you have accomplished, but still being present to the other things that might have took away from that celebration. Like you're celebrating your pun again and out of jail, but just in the fact that you're celebrating your pun again and out of jail, he had to go in jail for you to have the celebration. So like, Kind of that, is it really a celebration if we have to celebrate that you got out of jail? Just that idea of taking that duality of it, like I said, of, you know, a good time and a bad time and viewing it from two different spectrums, I thought was really, really nice. And sonically, it just, it grooved to me. It, it worked for me. And so that's why it was my second favorite track. Now, let's, The crowd let's, was good too, man. Yeah. And for, that's a perfect segue is I want to go into the lyrical component and proud kind of. highlights that because especially like in the beginning how they had on pride of basically like like giving you that information about the culture about uh you know marcus garvey all the things that we we should know or we should learn in the school systems and i can't speak for everybody again i only can speak about my experience when i was in school i didn't learn none of that shit in school I learned it because my grandmother i learned about marcus after school well i had a teacher that was cool my senior i had a teacher that i kind of um I went for a mentor. Mm-hmm. She was my 11th grade teacher. Her name was Miss Hook. She did. She was going to make sure I graduated with high school because I was doing, you know, I was out in the street and doing certain shit. And um, she used to give us history lessons on people that they don't teach in school. Mm-hmm. She made sure we knew about Marcus Garvey, even even cats like Louis P. Newton and 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 um, Bobby Sills and, and, so and those guys, guys yeah. man. Like you know the Panthers, but Marcus Garvey, like you don't really hear. You might see a picture up or something. They teach us Martin Luther King, which is cool. Definitely need to know that. But they don't really spend too much time on Malcolm X. They don't spend too much time on Marcus Garvey. They, he's a, they were like honorable mentions, but they teach us about Frederick Douglass and, and, and her, Harriet Tubman and uh, Rosa Parks. But it's, guys like Marcus Garvey. It's going to sound fucked know, up, like, but like, they teaching us the people that they're acceptable, that they're okay with. Right. And so... But yeah, basically, yeah. So, for, like I said, for me, right. I didn't learn none of that in school. I didn't have any mentors that were teaching me that. I know I know about it, and I knew about it from an early age till now. Like I said, one of the first books I remember that I can actually physically remember, like, sitting down and reading was Before the Mayflower. And that's because my grandmother said, come here, you're going to sit down, and we're going to read this book. And then learning all this history about of, of my people uh, and where we came from and 
you know, the great things that we have given to this country as well as just the world is the things that she wanted to instill into me that to make me understand to never look down on our people, that we are strong, great people. When people are talking about that black magic, like that's not something that that was new to me. In my mind, my grandmother, my mother, my aunt, my uncle, they instilled that in me at a young age that for me that, like I said, I never had to really think about it. I just knew it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, just, it was instilling me so long, just like, you know, if you have good parents, they're going to instill in you to have manners, saying please and thank you. You get to a point when you're an adult that you don't even really think about it. Somebody does something, you just say, or you, you you just in, intrinsically say please or thank you. That's how it was for me about, and, 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 uh, about just being black and being proud of being black and being proud of the accomplishments that we have and just knowing as a people, we're, we have greatness in us and we can do great things. Absolutely, man. And, and that track, it just reminded me that not everybody is privy to those those teachings and things like that. And so if you're not, if you don't see those things and you don't know about those things, how can you have that? Not saying that you can't have it, but it makes it makes me feel like it's harder for you to to have that same pride or that idea of black magic if you don't know the great things that we've done. Sure. And so that just really highlighted it in, in that track. It's a lot. Man. Yeah. And I he mean, goes through so, so many, so much in that track, uh, just education wise. And I, I just thought it was well done. And the, and the information's out here, man. Yeah, the it's definitely yeah. out here. Oh. Yeah, you can get it. It just I want to touch on something real quick. I went back when I was, uh, I think I was nineteen. No, I'm like, yeah, I think I was around nineteen or twenty. Um, I had into a program in Harlem called the Stride Program. It's basically a boot, a boot camp, like like a job readiness boot camp for those who want to get off the street or you know to get their life together. A lot of people come through there. Mm. They come home from jail. They go to this program. Um, one of our assignments was we had to go to the Schoenberg. Um, it's called a Songbird Museum. It's a library as well, and the whole library is full with with African American people that you don't you don't know about that were heroes, like the first like the first sailors. Of, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a whole library full of that. You can just go in there one day and spend like an hour, or spend a few hours in there just reading up on different people that was important in this world. That was African American people that you never heard of before, like. Never heard of them until you went to that library. It's called the Schomburg Museum. If you're ever in Harlem, if you ever come out here, anybody that's from the area, you know, and, and you visit Harlem, you have to go to the Schomburg Museum to get some, some history because it's not, it's more than the people that we know. These are just people you can just, you can just go in there and actually just like close your eyes and go to the index cards and just pick one out and you'll learn some amazing stuff, man. Some amazing history about our people. I just, I just want to throw that in there, being that was on that topic. Oh yeah, no, I, I had to learn a lot by myself. You know what I mean? No, I definitely appreciate that, and and the, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the track that made me uh, realize how fortunate I was with with my family. Like I said, I think my grandma is the greatest woman in this world. Like, and nobody's going to ever change my mind about that. And those are the Word things up. that I, I appreciate that she gave me. Those little lessons, and and you again, you don't realize certain things like that until you realize other people that don't have those luxuries. And that, that that is a privilege that I had was the fact that she knew that stuff and that she was willing to give it to me. And she was adamant about giving it to me. So again, shout out to my grandma. Love you. Shout out to my your grandmother. Shout out to my grandma Emma as well. Training when she was 103 years old. Oh, wow. I had a chance to live with her as a kid in the, in the late, in the, in the, well, I could say like the um, mid to late 90s. I was like the last kid that she helped raise, and she was already in her hundreds at that time. Cool, and, you know, um, strong that, woman. I was a little kid. She was teaching me thing, yeah. And she was through that whole Martin Luther King era. Actually, she um she got in the newsroom for being the oldest person in town to vote. Oh wow! And also, she got a, a, a authentic letter from Dr. King himself 
Oh, I know she. I know she treasured that. I know she treasured that. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to your grandmother as well, man. Shout out to your grandmother as well because you the the knowledge, man. Making sure you was right with your knowledge. Making sure she passed on to everything that she endured on this planet and 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 showing a black proud pride pride and uh, just making sure you had that carry on tradition to the next generations, man. Salute to that. Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely appreciate that. And shout out to all the grandmas out there that are, are that are instilling that knowledge and just really just just being there, man. You don't uh, those grandmas out there they don't they might not realize how much of an impact that they have on these youth, but they're changing people's lives. They're changing. Uh, how they view the world and, and, and making it a better place. Because I know for a fact, for me, if it wasn't for my grandmother, things could have been a lot different. A lot different. So, Word. going back to this album, though, uh, like I said, for me, the production is all there. The lyrics is there. It has a high replayability. One of my least favorite tracks is, uh, I'm sorry to do it to you, Snoop. I love you, bruh. But uh, part of my G is it's just really not a track for me. It was my least favorite track. I can listen to it. I don't necessarily have to skip it. It's it's a track that to me it's a club track. It's it serves its purpose to break up the album, give a little bit of a levity, um, you know, a fun feeling, and then it's it's followed by celebration, which still keeps that kind of energy, but kind of tones it down and gives a more what I considered a true representation of life. Everything's not always great. Everything's not always bad. It usually ends up right about in the middle, and that's how celebration felt to me. What what about you? For overall, how would you feel just the feel of this album, like the atmosphere that you feel it creates? But it, it might be a couple of tracks. I can't name them offhand that I uh-huh. skipped. Yeah. It was like a couple that I skipped. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I, I I give it as a as a rating. I probably give it an eight. Okay, Definitely I give it an eight for me. You know, it, it, like I said, man, it's inspirational, man. I mean, I, I give him an eight. I can't give him a ten. Mm-hmm. There's a couple joints that I skipped. No, yeah, but an eight's pretty good, man. No, yeah, you know eight, what I mean? eight solid. Oh, shoot. I, I, I'm sure people will take it. Hey, uh, for me, I would say probably about the same. Um, there's, like I said, that part of my G is my least favorite track. Yeah, that's the one with Snoop when there was someone smoking and all that shit. Yeah, I say. <laughs> you know you got to make a drink like that. Come yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You have to have that track on there. But for me, I don't need it. Like, <laughs> just just personally, me, I don't right, need yeah, that no track. Yeah, but for, for to, not, to appeal to the... I'm not no more, man. Like I said, so I, I see that it's needed there. I mean, I see that I see why they put it there, and I'm not saying that they should have taken it off. But if like if I was tailoring this album for me, I would take that track off. But you have to have a club hit. You have to have something that people can can vibe to in in a more social sh- scenario. You know, I think it's just one of those things where like you know we from the coast and and, and all. You gotta have one of them tracks that you reach out to the big homies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just make something for the for that culture, the L.A. culture, the. You know, that's what I'm saying. To come through, you know, that's where he's from. Yeah, it's like somebody over here that's reaching, like reaching out to Nas or like, like Jada Kiss some or Hov. They yeah. can, they can get that privilege or whatever. That's just to have that on the track. You know, I mean, like Lupe did it back in the day. You yeah, know? you have to get that big homie. Yeah, Jay-Z, when you got that Hovers. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. Word. Yeah, <laughs> and and Hov and and Snoop is what Hov is. Snoop is what Hov is. He, he is that to the West Coast. No, yeah, in he my is. Opinion. No, he is. He is that. No, he Snoop is that. He, you know what I mean? Yeah, he is that. Dre would be that if he wasn't so seclusive. You know, he's Dre right, stay right, stay in right. the tuck. Yeah, he's weird. He's a crevious like me. Sometimes we we out. Sometimes we get real weird and closed in. You know what I mean? That's the that's the crevious way. <laughs> yeah, so he so, get weird like that. A hundred percent. And to me, there's no question. Yeah, Snoop is that dude. If if yeah. Snoop pushes the button for the West Coast, Jay pushes the button for the East Coast. No doubt. 
But I do want to say, for me, this does have a high replayability. I wouldn't say it has a as high replayability as other tracks that we've talked about this year. That might change moving forward. I don't know. But as of right now, it does have a high replayability, but not as high as the previous tracks that we've gone through, like Raekwon's The Wild right. or, uh, I don't know, just several other tracks that I that been on steady repeat. Actually, there's a couple of lines on the last track that I did want to point out that I felt kind of that stuck out to me as as some of the bars that were, I was like, whoa. Mother the, America. Yeah, Mother America. One of them was, I feel a pain like Billy when she, when she sang the blues about the strangest fruit have to have a bite. Blame America for my appetite. I even heard the new KK is Kim, Kylie, and Kanye. Mother America. Uh, that, oh, shit. Yeah, that kind of stuck out to Crazy. me uh, on several aspects of just the, the KKK line, especially with the things that went down in South Carolina recently. Word, that was ill. How our president's, our president's uh, rhetoric about that whole event. Yeah, that too. And just the fact that, um, like, Billie Holiday, to me, that's, again, going back to my grandmother, she put me on Billie Holiday at a very early age. So hearing Word. Strange Fruits, well, like... like Strange Fruit is ill, man. Yeah, that's one of the best songs in and word up. Just even even just when I hear when somebody just says strange fruits, like it gives me a little bit of chills, like for a brief second, just because it takes me back to when I first heard strange fruit uh, as as a child and just really understanding what is being described in that in that song. It just it's it's just uh it just hits me. Uh if you haven't heard that song, the original I'm talking about, if you haven't heard the original song uh Strange Fruits by Billy Holiday. You need to hear it. Uh, you gotta hear that. That's a hit. That's stuff yeah. that you have to hear while you're on this planet. Yeah. World up. And so definitely gotta hear that. Um. So so again, once you hear that song, you I think you really understand uh, what I'm talking about what, about about the feeling that that just the mentioning of that brings. Um. And then you take into a fact of Kim, Kylie, and Kanye. Kanye going into Trump's tower, and then again Trump having that same rhetoric about South Carolina afterwards, saying that there was good people on both sides. So, uh, yeah, it, that, that, I mean, it know, just when you take, good. yeah, when you take that that line into account, and then you say Mother America, and then that that line, as well as the name of it, where it's Mother America with cake three Ks in America, takes me also back to Joy Badass's All American Badass, and the same kind of uh, yeah. uh, diatribe and soliloquy that he's talking about in that album is is spilled over into here, and just. Again, it's just a lot of things tying into together. And in that particular, just that one, that lyric that I just gave there, just on this song, I think just this was the, the outstanding song of this album. He wants to be in America and that we love Mother America. And even taking it to the idea of there's cats that have been like beat, raped, like the, the most despicable things you can think of by their mother or by their parent or by someone that they love and they still love them. That doesn't mean they accept what they did. That doesn't mean that you know, they're not going to get themselves out of the situation or whatever it may be, but that, that they still love them. That's the feel. And that's what I feel he's saying here is that, you know, America does some of the most horrible things to black people. But at the end of the day, Absolutely. we still love her. Like We, we still love America because if we didn't, we wouldn't be here. I mean, we, we, I mean, we're from, I mean, we're from there. You know what I'm saying? We were born and raised here. Yeah. So you feel um, you, yeah, so you feel like you some do do. Some connection to it. I mean, because there I is feel a connection. Like we're part of the country. We made the country, so <laughs> exactly. So, so it's it's hard to let go of something that you made, even if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to be. Um, yeah, and, I'm not that guy that maybe when I was a kid I was running around on some American pride shit with the flag and all that, all that good old fucking um, Star Spangled Banner shit. Nah, 
that dude was gone. You know what I mean? I, I lost that a long time ago, man. I, you know, just by being a conservative and see what this, you know, doing my research and seeing how shit is going on around me, what they do to our people, how they segregate them from. It's still segregation. They put them in certain areas. Exactly. Gentrification, you know, police, police, police brutality, the projects and shit. Right. Institutional I mean, racism. You know, he talks about all that on this album. You don't really get to see the shit. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and and you're exactly right. As a kid, our parents, our society kind of tries to blind us from that. But let's let's wrap up this uh, segment because I know this can take us anywhere, and we we might have to do some more um, episodes. You know, diving into yeah, those be, yeah, we might have to, <laughs> those we, areas. We might have to just get that. Yeah, we might have to have a serious, uh, a serious sit down and, and have, have a conversation. Yeah, because I, I think that would be an interesting episode. We, we pretty much agree with the same things. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it, you you're definitely right, and we have different viewpoints about it. But, and, and that's the great thing about having these discussions is like more people need no to have doubt. those because they they give you different perspectives. But to going back to Prashant and to wrap up this album, um, Mana, I just want to end and it touches on uh, some of the things you were saying is this line that he had. It's harder to be. It's harder being Dante than it is being Darren Woodson Wilson. And if you everybody mm-hmm. out there knows that Darren Wilson was a cop that uh, shot Al- Alton Sterling. Wait, was it? No, Mike Brown. I'm sorry. That shot Mike Brown. And uh, there was no charges filed on him. So he got off basically free. So just that idea that somebody can kill somebody and there's witnesses and it can be seen is easier than just being a black man. To me, that line spoke volumes. Yeah. And right. so this, to me, that line kind of encompasses what this album is. It's, it's speaking about a, a black man's experience and how he feels in America and how difficult that can be but that we still making it and we still thrive it and we still we still have uh, the resiliency to keep pushing through. So I thought that was important. I definitely think people should check out this album. I think it is a good album. I Absolutely. Def- I definitely think the Sean Price album, I think both of these albums you should get for vastly different reasons. They both have bars. They both have very good and production. Think, and, and, and I think we're going to get a lot of, I think we're going to get a lot of good albums this year, man. I mean, the arena of the year because the bar has been set. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? You're not just going to throw out some shit now. You got you should have to be an album in an artistic way and dope. It has to be that. It's like be getting back to that now. You're not just going to throw, throw out fucking 10-track bullshit songs. That People are going to have to use their brain, get down, get creative, use skill that the most high gave to you and produce some good work. And I think that's been, the bar has been set. So at the beginning of the year, we've been having, you know, albums come out and they've pretty much been on point. You know I, what I mean? You're, you're very right. The whole year. I mean, I know it's, of course it's trash out there, but like for the most part, so far this year, we've been having a lot of good projects out there, and I think Sean and, of course, Sean Price's album, both of them give another example of how things should be sounding as if you're going to make an album or you're going to come up with a project. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I salute both of them, brothers. And I want to say, uh, just uh, I agree with everything that you said there, and I just want to add on to that, and I think the reason why that, as you said, the tone has been set. The tone has been set, as well as the tone has been set in the in the aspect of that you can still talk about something, have good music, and people will buy it. People will support you. You right. don't you, like. I think there was a, or I felt like there was a notion that if it if if it didn't make you feel good, if it didn't have this vibe, that's the only that's the only music that people are gonna buy. And artists have shown a multitude of artists. I, I won't. I don't want to single anybody out, but a multitude of artists have shown that you can talk about something and people will still buy it. Right. It's all about how you present it, and it has to be quality work. Um, so, so, so we can get off that dollar menu snack wrap. Exactly. Fucking <laughs> yep. value meal dollar can, menu 
shit. And we can get into that culinary. Yeah, get off that dollar menu and get into that culinary, that high quality, high quality products. Um, And and I five star restaurant dishes and all that. Exactly, exactly. Um, And I definitely think that with these albums, you get some of that. So I. I encourage everybody to go get these two albums. I want to say thank you again to Trav. Uh, man, another great discussion with interesting points. And, thank uh, you, my brother. No problem, man. And you know we're definitely going to come back with another West to East Coast segment coming shortly, so check back in. There's going to be a new stable Word podcast up. every Friday. Check on Wednesdays. We've been dropping some on Wednesdays, so those are uh, kind of bonus uh, Wednesday Wednesday uh, episodes. So check on Wednesdays as well. And of course, check the sonicbreakdown.com for the newest articles. Absolutely. We have social articles up as well, as well as album reviews and more. YouTube. And, and our YouTube channel. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that. We got our YouTube Subscribe, channel. Subscribe, YouTube. And shortly, coming shortly, we're going to have a lot of new uh, products, or a, a lot of new things coming in from uh, shows, segments, different things of that nature. Uh, so definitely keep checking on that YouTube channel. We got some new things in the works, man. Just uh, stay, stay with us. You guys are too lazy to download the, the podcast. It's always YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Type it in. Listen to the videos. You know, we appreciate you do all, but just make sure you just get in all platforms. YouTube, your iTunes, your Google Play, yep. Podmatic. Stitcher, and all of that. So, um, you know our motto. Live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. And we out. Word up. We out of here. Peace and love.